Welcome to the Career Pivot Podcast. I'm Beck Sands and I help people pivot into careers or businesses that they love. This podcast is an interview series with people that have successfully pivoted their careers so that you can feel inspired to do the same. I believe that everyone deserves to do work that they love and to feel fulfilled, driven, and know that they are making a positive impact on the world. Now, let's get into the episode. Tessie Mendoza-Jones is the best-selling author of You Are Enough, It's All Good, and Aligned and Unstoppable. She's the creator of the Love What You Create workshop and a kinesiologist, business alignment coach, naturopath, writer, and speaker. She works with driven women, entrepreneurs, healers, coaches, and creatives. Cassie has pivoted her career multiple times from studying PR and communications to becoming a makeup artist and naturopath into business alignment coaching. Now, let's dive into the interview. Hi, Cassie. It's so good to have you on. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, So how, you know, tell me your story about how you started your career and how you got to where you are now. Yes. Okay. (laughs) So when I left, when I left high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I loved people and I loved, I guess I'm like, I'm an extroverted introvert. So a few people said to me, oh, you'd be really good at PR or marketing. And I was like, cool. I don't know what else I would do. And I loved writing. I've always loved writing. So I started studying um, a Bachelor of Communications and I absolutely hated going to university. Like I just, I absolutely hated going. And there used to be two, two parking spots on the road, on this huge busy road in the city, um, next to a huge parking garage. And I used to make a bet with the universe. I was like, if I don't get one of those two spots on the road, I'm not going into the gar- garage and I'm, I'm going home. And so many times I would actually get a, a parking spot on the street. So I had to go to uni. Anyway, about halfway through that year, I decided that I just needed something else to, to keep me interested in, in, I don't know, feeling like I was connected to what I wanted to be doing on a different level. So I actually started studying makeup at night and on weekends. And fast forward, I deferred from uni for two years because I just wasn't enjoying it. I studied makeup artistry in Sydney. Then I lived in Toronto in Canada for six months and I studied there And then I came home and I worked so hard, uh, assisting for free. I assisted some of Sydney's best, best hair and makeup artists. And everyone said, oh, it will take you about three or four years to get an agency, which is, you know, a really wonderful thing to have because then you have someone who's managing your bookings and your clients and everything and getting you great work. Anyway, I worked so hard that I I, I got signed within 14 months. So that was amazing and lots of fun and um fast forward again within the same year that I was signed on to this wonderful agency I started to just feel like I needed to be doing something else and that was a really hard thing for me to come to terms with because I had in my head I'd already had my you know my one career switch like I'd switched from communications and whatever career path that was going to take me down into makeup and I'd worked so hard and you know I'd, I'd there was so much money involved because I'd lived overseas and I really didn't know how to um, kind of come to terms with the fact that I wasn't in love with what I was doing anymore. Uh, And I also had to really honor the fact that what I was feeling called to, which at the time was nutrition and herbal medicine and naturopathy was something that I had always also loved. I'd, I'd been really interested in health. I had 
um, started to do some healing work on body image stuff that I had been going through in my late teens and early twenties. I, um, you know, I, I looked to, to food for healing and herbal medicine to help me feel better. And I would spend a lot of time talking with the models on every shoot that I would work on in the mornings, because as the hair and makeup artist, the first one to two hours of the day, you're spending very, you know, in close quarters with, with the models. And again, I started to hear, oh, you'd be such a good nutritionist. You know, have you studied this before? And it was all just my own study and my own work, but I really started to feel called to do that work um, in a more, you know, structured way. And so I started to look into studying it and then, and I I tell the story a lot. So if anyone's heard me speak about it before, you'll know how this goes, but in the space of one week, three, I had got three really, really, really big signs that were pointing me in the right direction or confirming that I was in the right direction. So the first was that I was doing makeup on a model who was studying massage at the particular wellness college that I'd been looking at, studying at. The next day I was doing makeup on another model who was studying the same course that I'd been looking into. And then on the next day, or like within the space of a Monday to Friday work week, I was doing makeup at a location that was three doors down from this nutrition and wellness college. And I was like, okay, universe, I hear you. Like this is, you know, you couldn't get three clearer signs in a week. And so I enrolled in this course, set up a meeting with my makeup agency to say, I love you, but I'm leaving you. I was so nervous to do that. And I started, that's how I started my business. Um, So I studied, started the business in 2011. The next year I added in, sorry, two years later, I added in um, kinesiology. So, but then I was a nutritionist, naturopath. I did herbal medicine as part of the naturopathy and I added in kinesiology. And at the same time, I was always writing newsletters, um, eBooks. I started to run e-courses and programs um, and it all just really flowed from there. Wow. That's amazing. So many different career pivots. I know. Um, I love it. No, I think it's amazing that you were, you know, cause it takes so much courage, I think, to step outside the norm and just go and like follow what you really enjoy doing. And especially like you'd already had that initial pivot from communications. Um, and then you just pivoted again and again. And I think that this is something that People will like, I like, I think that we need to do this more and more. It's like, there's not necessarily going to be just like one career trajectory anymore for a lot of people. Um, it's, it's like, you know, we have so many different careers in our lives and, and it's amazing. Like it's completely, it's completely possible. Um, so how, how, how did you sort of like, I guess, get the courage or like overcome any like blocks that, or, you know, because in our society, I guess it's like, you know, it is still very much like, you know, conform, like go to university, go get your job. Like, how did you, I guess, um, you know, get the courage to follow your heart? Yeah, it, it was really, the, I think the first thing that was to, just to reply to what you said, it was really hard to um, come to terms with the fact that I wasn't going to go to university, even just on my original path when I was, when I left the communications degree because I had loved school. I loved high school. I loved, I did four unit English. I loved, I was quite academic in a way. And so it was actually hard for me to, uh, to come to terms with the fact that I wasn't going to finish uni, at least in that way, on that path at that time in my life. And I remember I was reading a book actually by Mia Friedman. I cannot remember the book 
which one it was, um, but somewhere in the book, she she wrote that she was at uni and she left and she just went straight into working, um, you know, from the bottom up in magazines. And that was her career path. That's how she started. And I remember I, this was just at the perfect time of my life. Like this book actually really changed the trajectory of my life. And I, I had the page open. I ran down the stairs. I can remember running down the stairs and, and finding my mom. I don't know if my dad was in the kitchen at the same time, but my mom was there. And I said, mom, um, Mia Fraben didn't go to uni and look where she is. So I, I'm not going either. I'm not finishing either. And my parents were so incredibly supportive. The one thing my, my parents wanted me to do was just to, to defer instead of completely drop out. Cause they said, you might want to go back. Um, to which I applied. Okay, sure. But I, knew I, I really knew that I wasn't, but I just thought that's easy enough to do. It's basically a different form that I fill up, the same energy is required to drop out or defer. Um, and, and then when it came to moving from makeup into the wellness world and into the coaching, I, I think that the courage came because I just, I was starting to feel really um, defla- deflated isn't the word, I just decided to feel like I was moving through mud and I still loved my work. And I, even to this day, I still do some makeup uh, and I loved my friends. And it's almost like all the things that I loved about makeup, some of them were still there. And then some became the things that I found frustrating. So things like I used to love that I didn't have to go to the same office every day and I could meet different people every day. And I never knew, you know, what shoot I was working on from week to week. But after a while that became quite tiresome because I wanted a little bit more structure and, and schedule in my life. I'm a Cancerian. I love I love a sense of routine. Uh, and I was starting to find it hard that one week I might earn $300 and the next week I might earn $3,000. I mean, things like that in business, you have to just kind of get used to fluctuations anyway. So that wasn't something that I guess I was trying to control. It was more just, I guess, having more of a base um, and something that I was more not in control, but like I could put more of my own power into what I was creating. And I also started to find it difficult. I felt like I was working to help women feel really beautiful on the outside, but I could see that there was other stuff going on and I wanted to do the deeper work with them. So the the pivoting came because I just, I had to follow Like it stopped being something that my mind was telling me to do. And it became something that I was physically feeling in my body. Like you, like you need to, pivot like literally I get an image of like my body pivoting to a different direction and you have to go this way I love that so much and I love your books as well I've read them (laughs) so it's all good and aligned and unstoppable and the messaging in there around you know you know doing it all in your time and that wherever you're at it's okay and you know, and, and all of the, the messaging around overcoming creative blocks and what you can do when you're not in the flow. Like, I love all that. It just resonated so much for me and it's helped me so much. So thank you so much for writing those. Oh, thank you. Thank you for reading them. It's so, you know, I, you, it's just lovely to hear when, when someone has read them and then you get like real time feedback. Cause as a writer, you so often don't, cause you know, I sit in my own little creative bubble and I write it and then I just release it. And then I'm like, okay, now, it's just lovely to hear that it actually is, you know, supporting and resonating. So thank you. Yes, I love that. And I'm going to link to those in the show notes. So, and I think everyone should read that, especially if you're wanting to create anything. What were some of the biggest challenges that you faced when starting your business? Uh, and how did you overcome those? So the first challenge was 
uh, getting clients. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's the obvious one, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I had a, I think I had a, so my clinic director at the time, so wait, let me, let me backtrack a bit. When I was finishing my naturopathy degree, um, I was looking, I started to email around health and wellness clinics, just looking for admin work, because I thought if I can just get my, you know, a toe in the door and I can just work a couple of days a week doing admin work or reception work, while I work out what the next step is, I felt that was going to be a better road for me than say getting a job in a health food store because I had a friend who had a friend who had a job in a health food store right after naturopathy college and they just never left because it was so comfortable for them. And I, and I see that now and I'm like, that was that person's story and path and I didn't need to, I put a lot of um, emphasis on not getting a job in a health food store because for me, I didn't want to get comfortable or feel like I couldn't then move forward. So I threw myself in the deep end in, in an amazing way because while looking for admin work, I received a reply from a clinic director saying, look, we really don't need um, admin or reception, but we need a nutritionist. So would you like to, you know, basically, would you want to come work with us? So exactly one month from finishing my degree, I finished on the 24th of April and I started my business on the 24th of May. And I... I had, she had said to me, have about 10 to 12 weeks of clinic rent saved up so that, you know, you've just got a a long buffer to find clients and you're not feeling stressed. And I had about three or four weeks of clinic rent saved up because I'd just been a student. Like I didn't have a ton of savings sitting in my account. And um, I remember my mum, who is so supportive, like so, so supportive that first week, I think without realizing, she kind of said, it was just a a discussion. She was like, what happens if you get no clients? And I was like, yes, mom, this is the point. Like I have to, I have to, now this is part of business. I have to bring in clients. And I decided that even if I didn't have anyone booked in, I would go and sit in my clinic and do work and sit in my room during my, you know, my, the shifts that I was paying for to use the room. So it was two days a week. And I had from like, um, I think two, two till 8 p.m., or, and like 7.30 to 1.30 um, p.m. So I was like, I'm just going to go and I'll show up and I'll be there. And so on the first day, it was about 5 p.m. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to probably leave at about 6, even though I could be here till 8, but like, I'll, I'll go home for dinner. And my clinic director popped her head in and she said, with a smile on her face, she goes, check the calendar. And I look in the calendar and I was looking for like tomorrow or next week. And someone had booked in for that night. So my first day in clinic, and a brand new client has booked in. It was someone from my husband's work. Um, and, you know, he had told her that, that I was starting and she booked in that day. And that was how it began. And the next week, one person got referred from the massage therapist. And then, you know, it, it built slowly. And then it just starts to, it just started to kind of build from there. But I think I remember thinking, how incredible that on my first day, you know, a new patient booked in and it just set a really lovely, it was a real confidence booster for me. I love that. Can I ask, did you have any blocks around um, getting those first clients? Cause like, I'll just give you a bit of background from my, one of my first clients. So in my coaching business uh, and I was still in corporate and I was building it on the side and I realized that I'd subconsciously like not opened any spots on my calendar. Yeah. And so, and so, and like I had one of those, like it was like Calendly or I don't know, like a scheduling system. And then I got this email like from, from someone and they said, oh, you know, I've been waiting for you to open like a spot in your calendar for months, but I thought I'd just reach out and email because oh you'd God. never had any opening. 
it's such a thing. Like we don't, we don't sometimes realize that, you know, we're asking for something, but we haven't actually made the space for it. So I always say, and I, I, I did it myself a few weeks ago. I was like, I'd really, you know, I've got the space to have a couple more clients. My daughter has just um, now started at daycare. And I was like, well, the first thing to do before I even tell anyone is to obviously open the spots in my calendar. And I opened the spots and I was like, you know what, at the moment I can take on two new clients. I open the spots. I put a little PS note in the bottom of one of my newsletters. Um, and then within the next two weeks, I had two new clients booked in and I don't even, they didn't even actually come through the newsletter, but it's that energetic um, opening to say, I'm ready for this. And also here's the space for it. And I'll never forget. I was working with a client a few years ago and she was, she was a big part of her work. Our work together was money, you know, clearing money blocks and helping her to feel really abundant and trusting that she could always make more money in her business. And she said, I really want to work on my savings. And I, my first question was, well, do you have a savings account? And she said, I don't actually. And I was like, well, where can your savings go if you don't have a place in a container for them? And that was the, the first thing she did the next day. She called her bank or emailed whatever and opened up a savings account. And you've just got to make the space for it before you can actually receive it. Yes. And I remember when I stepped into my business full time, like about a year and a half ago and I, I went in the deep end too and I want to come back to what you were talking about, the comfort zone, but um, <laughs> but just on this point, so I <laughs> stepped out into my business about a year and a half ago. I went fully in the deep end from corporate, so I went from full-time corporate to full-time business <laughs> straight away, um, but I, di- I did do, <laughs> I know it was intense, but I did do like some freelance um, PR consulting. I still do that as well um, to supplement the coaching while I build that business um, on the side. But when I first stepped into the business, it was like, okay, I don't have a business account. Like I don't have a business bank account. It's like, it was all just going, you know, when I was earning money, when I had coaching clients on the side, when I was in corporate, it was all just going to my personal account. And I was like, I'm not like, that's not a container that you can build on. Like, because it's, it's like messy. Right. So it's like, I felt like the finance side of it was messy. And then I was like, if I, like, I don't even have a business account. So how can I be serious about business? So it was like, okay, first thing to do is go and open like a specific business account and get myself like a proper accountant. Yes. It makes such a difference. I, same as you, when I started my business, I was like, oh, and I think it was actually my clinic director who suggested it. Um, And so, yeah, I opened up a business, you know, a daily account. Like I called it the everyday whatever. And I I give them really lovely names. So it'd be like the bountiful daily account or the abundant, like I give it a beautiful um, like emotive, abundanty word um, description. And so I opened a business account. I opened a tax savings account because I was like, I need to have a place to put money for tax. And I opened a business savings account. And I, I remember at one stage I was putting away, even when I, I don't remember exactly when this was, I reckon it was just in the first couple of years when I, when I wasn't making a huge amount of profit all the time. I just wanted to make sure that I was like putting a little bit of money away. And so I would literally like auto, whatever the word is, send $10 a week um, to the, to the business savings account, just so that I felt like I was putting money away. And it also meant that then if I wanted to do something in my business, like if I wouldn't wanted, you know, to get a, a designer to design an ebook for me, or I wanted to make a little upgrade. I had this like little, even if it wasn't hundreds or, th- or thousands of dollars, I had a little 
um, chunk of money that I could look to and be like, oh, that's my little fallback or that's money that I can do to upgrade this or to purchase that. And I found that really, really helpful. And also it just make, helps you trust in abundance that there's always a little bit of money to put aside, even if it's like $1. <laughs> it just really helped me to, to remember that cycle of abundance when I was starting out. Oh, I love that so much. It's so figurative, isn't it? It's like the symbolic like intention behind it. It's not the fact yes. of how much money it is. It's almost like the fact that you, you intent, you know, like you consciously put that money away yeah. um, that, that rather than just spending everything, which is coming from a place of lack like yes. almost. Yeah. Um, I wanted to come back to uh, this idea around comfort being, you know, like it, because I, I feel like so many people get into that comfort zone and it's so hard to move away from, particularly, I think, when you're surrounded by other people that are in that same mindset and you're not necessarily surrounded by people that are doing different things. Mm-hmm. And when you do talk to people doing different things, I found, I find like, you know, sometimes people p- can be quite negative about it or, you know, t- or, or say, oh, you know, I didn't have, I, I haven't had a very good experience. It's really hard just staying corporate or things like that, that yeah. sometimes can prevent people that really want to do something different in the world. And then it just gives them, even more blocks and then more like, you know, then they want to stay in the comfort zone even more. And I just think the comfort zone is one of the most challenging places to move on from. And I personally had my business on the side for seven years before I stepped into it full time. And realistically, I could have done, like I could have gone way before that, but I just needed to have like the faith in myself and almost just like a bit of um, (laughs) like, what's the word? Like just um, trust that things would work out. Um, So I just wanted to riff on that a little bit and just see what your thoughts are on comfort and being in that comfort zone and getting out of the comfort zone because you've done it so many times as well. Yeah. So I think there's, there's two sides to it. It's, it's like, at, at, at some at one stage or at some stage rather being in your comfort zone if you're feeling called to do something else actually becomes really uncomfortable what's more important to you the discomfort of moving out of your comfort zones so that you can grow and expand and follow your heart and your gut and you know what you're called to do or the discomfort of staying in your comfort zone when you don't want to be there and I think that's that's where I got to with the makeup I was like it what's the you know, I'm choosing two different versions of uncomfortable here. One is going to get me to where I feel like I'm being called to go. And one is just going to keep me here. And so it, you know, we think, we think that being in our comfort zone is comfortable, but after a while it becomes really uncomfortable when you know that there's somewhere else to go. And on the, on the flip side, like, let's say with your example of, of having your side business for seven years, there's also a, a really big piece of divine timing and patience and trust in that. So you know, I think a lot of the time, some people can give, you can give yourself a hard time for not having done something sooner. And there's the coulda, woulda, shoulda and all of that. But sometimes it really is about patience and trust and trusting the timing. Like if I had, let's say if I had um, tried to change careers before I was actually really, really ready or before the timing was right, things might not have turned out the way they did. So sometimes, sometimes it's like finding what's, finding out, um, you know, on the one hand, is am I ready to move through the discomfort of needing to go 
uh, you know, to burst this comfort bubble, but also can I trust the timing that firstly, there's no rush, but, and secondly, that I'm always supported and the timing will actually be right for me. And sometimes you do stay in that bubble of comfort for a little bit longer than your conscious mind thinks you need to be there for, but it's for a bigger purpose. You're waiting for another piece of the puzzle to land in your lap, or um, there's something else going on. Sometimes it's about something completely external to you. It might be that you're wanting to start a new course and you have to wait till the start of the year. So sometimes there are things out of our control, um, but it's about trusting, I think, that yeah, firstly, it's safe to move out of discomfort. Like it's safe for you to move out of your comfort zone. A lot of the time we don't because we think what's outside is scary or hard, but sometimes where we are is actually hard and challenging because we don't want to be there anymore. Yeah, totally. And I find sometimes like if we don't take, like, yeah, there is an element of patience there. And definitely like for me, I think there were lessons that I needed to learn Uh, in corporate before I stepped into my own business that, you know, helped prepare me even further for it. So I think like, you know, in retrospect, the timing is great. It just didn't happen as fast as my conscious mind wanted it to. (laughs) Um, (laughs) On another point though, um, so just on the point I was saying, because a client of mine recently mentioned to me, like, because she wants to go out and start her own business. um, And, you know, she mentioned she'd spoken to a couple of people that were already doing the thing that she wants to do. And they were quite negative about it. Mm. Um, And, you know, and I thought, oh gosh, that's, you know, it's so like, I find it unfortunate when that happens because it's kind of like, you know, people being negative about their own experiences, but it's like, I don't necessarily think that that's going to be everyone's experience of it. So how do you protect yourself from like the negativity of others around you? Or, you know, if someone says something to you um, that, you know, they might not consciously be feeling is negative, but they, they might just be trying to, you know, protect you, but it does have that negative effect on your mindset. Yeah. So I, firstly, I always think of this um, old saying called, and it goes, not my circles, not my monkeys. And it's just like, that's just not for me. Like you can have, you're totally entitled to your opinion, but I'm not going to take that on. And, you know, other people like to sometimes try to put their story onto us because it makes them feel better for not getting to where they want to be. Or if they see you, it's kind of that, like that tall poppy syndrome, they might feel threatened by you. Um, they might just feel really resentful and disheartened because of their own circumstance or whatever's going on for them. But it's, it's really unfair of you. It's so obviously it's not nice for them to say it, but we can't control what people say to us, but then it's actually, you're doing yourself a disservice if you take that on as the truth. And so, you know, it's literally about breathing out what they've said, like physically clearing it from your body. Don't know that you do not have to take it on. And giving them compassion and whether or not you say anything to them in your mind or, you know, soul to soul, you can say, I'm so sorry that you find this really hard. Um, and then leave it at that. It's, it's now, you know, you're on your own path and everyone has their own path and everyone has their own experience and people put different meaning on different experiences. So think of, you know, if you go out for a movie or to dinner, you know, with a friend or a partner or a family member, you might go to the same restaurant and, order the same dinner and your friend absolutely hates the dinner and you thought it was so delicious and you can't wait to go back, you know, same night, same restaurant, same menu, same ordering, but they hated it and you loved it. And it can be something, it can be a very similar experience when someone is in a similar or same industry to you. They've just had a different experience for their own reasons. You know, 
their own context. If they were in a bad mood before they went into a client call and then something happened and then they're like, oh, clients are so difficult, but it was actually their context and their energy or it's, it's just, it's not fair of us to take on other people's opinions. And, you know, especially when you're starting out, you, so much of the beauty of starting out is that freshness and the, the ability to, you know, craft your own story and to start new. So really lean into that and say, say thanks, no thanks when someone says something to you that just doesn't resonate. Um, another thing you can do is to just say to them, you know, thank you for sharing your opinion. Um, I'm still really excited to get started. Like just be really honest and open about how you're feeling. That's such great advice. <laughs> thank you so much for that. Pleasure. <laughs> So if someone was sitting, you know, in their comfort zone or even, you know, feeling uncomfortable, uh, but sitting on the fence about, you know, doing the thing that they want to do or starting the thing, what, what would you say to them? Okay. I would, the first thing that comes to mind is the time will pass anyway. And I say that because sometimes people will say to me, I really want to do this thing or start this thing, but I feel so far behind and, you know, um, I'm not there yet and it might take me this long to you know, build my client base or to write my book or to do whatever. And I'll say to them, okay, well, the time will pass anyway. You know, if you think it's going to take you six months or a year to do that and you don't start today, well, then guess what? In six months or a year, you're going to look back and think, oh my gosh, if I'd started when I said, I would already be, you know, so much further down this path or whatever it is. So the time will pass anyway. So if you want to do something, you know, and the timing is right for you now, as opposed to your mindset saying, you know, wait or don't do this yet. If the, if if you can see that the time is right, just start. Like there's no, you know, I keep saying lots of sayings and phrases today, but it's that whole idea you've got to be in it to win it. So you've just got to start to see where it leads and also trust that things continuously evolve. This isn't like this is your one and only chance to start your business or to, to make your change or to pivot, you know, pivot now or lose your chance forever. It, there's always going to be a different evolution of your work and your the way you want to express your purpose and your create creativity and use your voice in the world. And so if this is the way that you're being called to express yourself now, then follow that. You know, it's not like maybe 80 or how many years ago, 50 years ago, even we chose one vocation, one career, and we did that for our whole lives. But as we said at the beginning of our chat today, that's not how life works right now. And the other thing is that everything you've done up until this point will in some way support your next step. So if I take my own life path to date, you know, my work in my little bit of time at university, uh, maybe helped with just writing and realizing that I hate writing essays <laughs> and I hate, I hate doing like the whole proper referencing thing. So I actually don't, yeah. do, I don't do any kind of research cause I hate referencing. <laughs> it stresses me out. Um, no, that's a lie. I do. I do research. That sounded terrible, but you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> I, <do>. but- <laughs> I know you research. I know. I've read your books. <laughs> Um, but then all my makeup, my makeup career helped so much with my starting my business because it taught me about freelancing and creating connections and meeting new people every day and working with clients who, you know, you might have to try and understand their vision in a different way and, um, working with the ups and downs of entrepreneurship and just kind of finding your own groove and your own balance. So there are so many ways that makeup helped me in my business today. It also helped support me when I was growing my business because I was still doing some makeup and some weddings and a few shoots on the side. And it, you know, it was very helpful money. I didn't have to get another side job. So everything that you have done up until this point will support you 
in, in your next steps. I love that because um, I think the more traditional advice, which I said to myself when, st- when stepping into my business and away from corporate was like, I'll give it a year. And if it doesn't work out, I can go back, you know? (laughs) And I think that that is actually doing ourselves a disservice because we put then so much pressure on ourselves to have everything like, you know, fully functional, whatever that means, but, you know, have a business up and running that's profitable and everything like that in 12 months. Um, And if not, it's like we've failed and then that's it. That was our one chance. It's almost like that mentality. A lot of pressure. It's so much pressure. And I think that that, like, I don't know, that was kind of like the prevalent idea, at least that I had of, you know, stepping into a business when I was leaving, you know, corporate. But then obviously, like over time, I've realized, no, actually, it's not going to be linear. And, you know, if, if I keep doing what I really love to do, things will start to happen and it will work out. Yes. And I think the biggest thing that I've actually, one of the biggest things I've learned this year is that success and growth is not linear. And we're kind of, we're taught that it is. Uh, and it, it, in some way it's easier and harder to believe that it is. Cause in, if everything's working the way we think it is, we're like, oh, this is just going to get better and better and better and better and better and better and better. And if things aren't, we're like, oh, it's my fault. And we can take it so personally, but it, it is so cyclical and don't, don't quit yet because it's not a linear journey. It's going to be cyclical, cyclical rather, um, and it's going to be something that you keep coming back to and deepening before you expand again and again and again. Yeah, and one thing I've learned this year is that, yeah, it's not in, you know, it's not like, okay, I want to get to this goal or this income level or this stage of business and, like, that's it. Like, unless I get to there, mm. I've failed, basically. Yeah. Like, but it's like, it's actually not, it's about who you become on that journey. Like, it's exactly. actually about the journey itself <laughs> yeah. and the lessons that you learn and the ability to to weather um, the ups and downs, like you said, of business, but also you know, to then kind of get back up and to, and to know that any externally perceived failure is not a failure of you as a person. It's like, it's just, that was the outcome of that action or that activity or whatever happened there. And sometimes, you know, it's out of our control anyway, but, you know, and like you always say in your books or something better. Yes. Yeah. It's trusting. It is. It's trusting that it's not, I mean, it, so many things are, we can stand in our power with. Like I talk about the difference between being in control and being in power. When we are, you know, standing in our power, we can feel really aligned and, you know, really connected with what we're doing, with our purpose, with our bigger vision. We know what steps we want to take or we know how to clear away overwhelms that we feel, you know, we feel clear um, or we just take the steps anyway and find that clarity. But there's a difference between that energy of being feeling in power and connecting with our inner power or versus trying to feel like we're in control because we are in control of so little, but we can always stand and be in our power. And so when you, if you're feeling regret or shame or sadness or fear around a pivot that didn't go the way you thought it would, or, you know, the timing of your change and what you're wanting to do, it's important just to, to, as opposed to looking at like, what can you control? It's like, how can I be in my power with this? How can I call my energy and my power back to me so that I can trust? Maybe it's actually time to just have a rest before and, you know, recoup and then re-energize before I take this next step forward. Uh, And there's also so much forgiveness work to be done. If you feel like you're not where you thought you should be, 
there's so much forgiveness because, you know, as we said, it's not just up to you. Of course, it's up to us to, to take these beautiful steps forward, but there's also that higher piece of guidance and support and trust and, um, and being held by something greater that can make little things, you know, things start to fall into place and drop into our lap in a, in a really, really beautiful and powerful way. Yes, so beautiful and so inspiring. Thank you. So uh, it's nearly the end of 2020. Um, I'm sure a lot of people kind of want to see the back of this year. (laughs) Um, What are you doing? Well, like what's one thing that you're doing to sort of close off the year and to prepare for 2021? So I guess in one way, one thing I'm doing, it sounds really simple, but I am I've ordered the daily planner or rather actually now I'm using a weekly planner. I used to do a daily planner before mom life. And now I just need to see everything on like one higher level on one page. So I'm moved to a weekly planner, but me, when I receive that, um, I use Danielle Laporte's planner and I, I love them and I've been using them for years. Once I receive that, I start to feel really connected to the new year. And that's just one thing that I, every year when I get that journal, that planner, I start to just, yeah, feel connected to what's coming. Um, I haven't really thought through what I'm going to do to really release this year. Um, But I think for me, a lot of it is coming with just the newness of the new year. I'm working on a new coaching program and I'm working on, um, I guess, a a new iteration of how I'm going to be showing up in my business. And so a lot of my energy is moving towards that, which I feel like will just it does mean that I have to say goodbye to some elements of my business and work. And I feel like that is probably how I'll um, say goodbye and close out this year and kind of release. Cause it's, I'm actually releasing a, a bit of an old, I don't want to say identity, but like um, pieces of my work. And then that will, I think help to just bring in the new. So that's the vibe that I'm going with at the moment. <laughs> Yeah, no, I love it. I mean, that is planning, right? Because you're you're looking at, okay, what am I letting go of? Yes. <laughs> and what am I going to do more of? And and like we were talking about earlier, sometimes you do need to let go of something before you can actually, st- you know, and have that trust. And then like before you can actually bring something new into your sphere, you've just got to yes. create that space first. Um, yeah. So I love that. That's one thing I'm learning. I Previously, I was like, okay, well, I've got a fully booked calendar, like with, you know, PR work and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, but you know, I want more clients. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, well, you've got no space for them. So how, <laughs> yeah. How can you, how can you have more if there's no space, if there's no space for it? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, thank you for sharing that. Uh, and what's one book that's made a massive impact for you in relation to finding and pursuing your passion? So I, the first book that came to mind, as you said, that is Todd Henry's book called Die Empty. And I remember when I first heard that title, I was like, that book sounds horrendous. I'm never reading it. And my God, did I, am I so glad that I actually read it. It's all about emptying yourself of your best work so that you don't die with your best work inside you. And it's just like, it's like a motivation pill. Like if there was a pill to take to motivate you, it would be that book in a pill form. So I just absolutely love it. and yeah, it really just helps you feel focused and committed and on purpose and on fire and just like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Like I'm going to create this work and I'm going to release it into the world because if I don't, it's just going to sit in me. Or I guess to bring in Elizabeth Gilbert, the idea will find someone else. That's what she says in Big Magic. So 
which is another gorgeous book. But Die Empty was definitely a book that I read about, I think, six years ago now. And um, it really just changed something inside for me. So I really recommend it. Oh, thank you. I haven't read it. So I am definitely going to check that out. Yes, definitely. (laughs) That sounds right up my alley. And I, and I also like, um, I love big magic as well. That was really life changing for me. And, um, another one on creativity, uh, the war of art. Yes. Oh, these books too. are brilliant. Yes. Yeah, Stephen Pressfield. Stephen Pressfield, yeah. So I'll link to all of those books in the show notes below. There'll be lots of book linking, but anyway, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what are you currently working on and where can people go to find out more about you? So I am currently working on uh, a new coaching program uh, or a coaching circle, I guess I could call it. I am still nutting out the details. Um so yeah, I'll know more. I'll know more soon, and then I'll tell people more soon. But that will be happening in early 2021. Um, I am on Instagram at Cassie Mendoza Jones, and my website is CassieMendozaJones.com. And yeah, those are the two main places that you can find me online. I am on Facebook too, of course. Um, Twitter, I think I'm giving up, but you'll probably find me there. But there's not much there, so definitely Instagram is probably the place to be, and my website. Amazing. And I'll link to all those in the notes and as well as your beautiful books as well. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on. I find you incredibly inspiring. I love reading your books. Um, It's been so beautiful to have this conversation with you. Um, So just thank you. And thank you so much for the work that you do. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I currently have a waitlist until February 2021 to work with me one-on-one in my four-month career pivot coaching series. I'll be working with a limited number of private clients, so make sure you get in quick so that I can save you a spot if you've been thinking of working with me to pivot your career. I've helped many professional women in Australia and around the world to get crystal clear on a career that will align with their values and provide them with deep purpose and fulfillment, as well as earn an abundant income and to bring this to life. Book in a free confidential 20-minute discovery call to find out if we are ideal to work together. Just go to my website at becksands.com and schedule a call. I look forward to connecting with you. Thanks so much for listening. And if you loved this episode, please share it with your friends and leave a review. You'll find a link to this episode and all of the show notes at becksands.com forward slash podcast. While you're there, make sure you sign up for my free weekly email newsletter where I share loads of practical advice for making your career pivot. Remember, you deserve to do work in the world that you love. Until next time, have an awesome day. Bye.